Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by The Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. I've uh, been quite a quiet couple weeks in Faye, and, uh, but not in all of Fire Emblem, because we got some more details on that final uh, DLC, which we'll discuss later. Yeah, we've got a not a packed show, not as busy as last episode, but uh, still some fun stuff to talk about. And yes, the the launch of the uh, new DLC, which is actually going to be launched uh, this week, not like in a couple days. I know you said this week, but in a couple days, not too long. Yeah, I believe like depending on where you look, it says the fourth or the fifth. So I don't know if it's like the fifth in Japan. And so it'll be launching, you know, late in the evening and the fourth for us here. Of April, which it's the beginning of today. It's the second or no third. Today's the third. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have no idea if I I thought about picking it up. I might. Uh, I we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it at the end of the show when we get to the Outrealm Gate because I think there's there's a there just there's a discussion to be had. Um, but let's look at the banners for Fire Emblem Heroes running right now. We have the weekly revival fifteen and fifty four running. Regal Rabbits, uh, the four-star special heroes revival goes until the fifth. New Heroes and Rearmed Tana goes until the sixth. Spring Eternal goes until the sixth. Divine Hair Duels goes to the sixth. Hairs at the Fair, four-star special hero revival goes until the seventh. Special Revival for Emir and More goes until the tenth. Heroes with Glimmer goes until the tenth. Hall of Forms until the thirteenth. And the Topic Banner... Legendary Heroes Yuri is going until the 13th. And finally, the uh, A Hero Rises 2023 Top 4 banner runs until the 21st, which uh, Eddie is like three red heroes and one colorless hero. And if I recall correctly, the colorless hero was the one that won. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, for Mortis, I believe. Yep. So, yeah, if you're looking to summon on that, you're you're probably and you're sniping, you're lo- probably spending a lot of uh a lot of orbs on there trying to get red orbs to pop up. So, um but anyways, how did your summoning go this uh the past few weeks? Uh not a ton of summoning. I did summon on the Yuri banner. Managed to get him after a bit and I think I sparked a spare version of him. Uh and I did actually go back and finish apparently I hadn't finished out my free summon ticket, so I did that on the Tana banner. I didn't bother sparking on that one. So cool. Yeah. Um, since our last episode, I had resubbed to the Fey Pass uh, and got uh, Carla with my spark off of the new Spring Heroes banner. And uh, I summoned uh, I summoned Veronica on the Hero Rises top four banner and uh, decided to go for a spark, which, as I said before, was a real fun time just focusing on red orbs probably spent a little bit more orbs than i than i needed to if i was just trying to spark but uh, uh when i did i ended up picking up uh rearmed ophelia i didn't have the i didn't i didn't have all the characters actually on this banner so um with Formortis being free and getting veronica I'd, i had to decide between uh i think it's ninja camilla which is a special hero and then obviously rearmed Ophelia. I figured rearmed Ophelia was probably the best bet, being a rearmed hero. Yep, with that tome you can give to someone else and still keep Ophelia. 
Yeah. We armed our nice units. Just yeah. got to figure out who to use them on. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I did, I finally did a bit more summoning on the new heroes banner and got rearmed uh, Tana. So I, I'm probably not going to spark on that one. Cause I think last episode I talked about getting a couple of the other heroes off that banner. So I'm probably going to, stop on that one but uh yeah a good chunk of summoning for me over the past couple weeks and you know we'll see what the next special heroes will be i assume what do we got uh do we got the wedding season is that what we're doing next? Uh, no that's not till next month i think uh this month is the unknown banner ah it's either um or well this is the one that was the picnic banner last year can't remember exactly what it was Oh no! This actually might be the child banner. That I'm, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh yes, right. This has okay. been the child banner for the past two years. So expect young versions of some some I, one of the IPs. Hmm. I forgot about that banner. Yeah, that that, that can sometimes be a cool banner. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, it it we'll was hear. an unknown banner for a while, and then they did the 30th anniversary uh, Marth child banner, which had young versions of. Shadow Dragon units, and then last year I believe it was Path of Radiance child children. Yes, I think young so. Young and young Marissa, or not Marissa? Um, was it Marissa? I don't know. Bunch of child versions of the characters. So that seems to be consistently what they're going to be doing in April. I believe uh, May is the bridal, and June is the start of the summer. Okay. So. Well, there you go. Uh, I had completely forgotten about, but you're right. Uh, I think May was usually, or sorry, April after the spring banner was usually a, a, a bit of a grab bag. It was a grab bag initially, which is where we got that picnic banner from. But after they did the uh, 30th anniversary, they seem to have been doing the child banners just like they have. I think April might also be the month that we get the fallen banner as well. So, Right. Those would be new heroes though, right? Yeah, that's a new hero banner usually. So. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, speaking of events, what do we got coming up? Uh, yeah, there's really not much. The calendar's winding down, but those that special hero banner is the main thing left on the calendar, which comes on the 7th. So cool. we'll see exactly what that is in the next couple days. Yeah, we should have a trailer shortly after this one posts. So, Yep. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we do have some upcoming, one other upcoming event, which is the next Resplendent Hero um, which is a Versa Dark One starting on April 9th. For Fae Pass subscribers, you'll be able to add a Versa in her Yulsulfheimer armor to your hero's collection. Um, I feel like we've been getting a lot of book four resplendent heroes. Yeah, I believe this is two in a row where it's Yulsulfheimer because isn't a, the current one in Light Elf? Yes. Yeah. Paula is. Uh, Paula is definitely, uh, it's actually, yeah, the Yulsulfheimer as well. So it's it's not even just book four, but it's the same art yeah, style. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. But I'm, I mean, it's weird. It's bizarre because they've usually at least done one other IP or one other season before going to the same thing. But I mean, I guess it's nice to see that they're actually just picking the... Uh, new design on based on the character not on some set chain order they need to do it in you correct know? yeah i agree saying, oh sense. we think you know a versa will work best in this outfit so we'll do this one 
Mm-hmm. Oh, but that was the same as last month. Yeah, but we still think it's the best one. So I guess it works, you know. But yes, it, it was a little weird to have the same thing two months in a row. Yeah, it stood out to me, but you're right. Like, if it fits the hero, then, you know, keep going. If if the next hero is also book four, Yosefheimer armor, then then maybe we can be like, oh, well, we could have could have reshuffled these heroes a little bit but um we'll see i i'd highly doubt i mean we might get another book for resplendent hero next in the next couple weeks but i i don't think it'll be the same style so won't know until they reveal it but uh other in other news in the continuing showing of what the fair uh content Faye just released uh an exercise video with asker leading alfred and tamara in an exercise while the summoner and sailor are uh, cheering around in the background to it. It was (laughs) weird. (laughs) Super weird. And if you forgot, it was April Fool's on Saturday. Um, Even though this was not posted on April Fool's, it was posted on April 2nd, I believe. Yeah. It was posted like early this morning or late last, uh, you know. Yeah. Or late. April 2nd at 11 p.m. (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. It's certainly very weird. Um, there's definitely yep. like a moment where they exclaim over and over again to do the asker. So, um, and I think even the funniest thing is, is that it's not like it was posted in April 1st in, um, Japan. It was posted April 3rd in Japan because yeah. they're ahead of us, not behind us. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, if anything, this could be a hint that we maybe, because there's a couple of, uh, there's a new, there's an engage hero in this, Tamara. Is it Tamara, right? Yes, Tamara. So she's not in the game she's, yet. So maybe, maybe she's this not is in the game yet, but she, her, um, you know, it's not like it's a game sprite or anything. So her, uh, model, her, you know, CG model is easily accessible to them, just like Alfred is. Right. You know, because her CG model was used in Engage. So it could be a hint that we're getting Tamara soon, but we do not know unless they, you know, depending on how they decide to release them, because the uh, banner we already got is very Furine heavy. So if they're going to, we don't know if they're going to jump and give us all the rest of the Lords next. Uh, with Diamant, uh, Ivy, and Tamara, or if they're going to continue nation by nation. Yeah. Give us a handful of... Uh, I forget the name of Diamant's country. Uh, Brodia? I think it starts Brodia. with a BR. Brodia, yes. Yeah. Brodian, then Illusion, then Solmic Heroes. But... Yeah. Well, this, it's certainly weird, and it's um, it should come as no surprise because Fire Emblem Heroes has definitely done something like this before. And oh yeah, sometimes yeah. there is no rhyme or reason. It's just they felt like doing an exercise video. So yep, there you they've go. done weird stuff like that with no reasoning behind it. At least it coming out near April first suggests that might have been why it was there. I think but. it's our best bet for sure. Other things that well, I definitely couldn't have predicted have happened in the past week. 
Well, yeah. If you're talking about the legendary hero. Yep. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I was like, if you lead into that. No, no, no. I was like, ah, it's pretty predictable. Although it's surpri- it, it snuck up on me. Like I was, uh, oh, wow. I can't believe I missed this. Yeah, we have a new legendary hero. I didn't feel Yuri was, I guess he is kind of the leader of the Ashen Moles, but I never really felt him strong enough to be legendary material. Maybe eventually, but. Yeah. I think if you're going to do any of the three houses DLC characters, it's probably the one to pull forward. Oh, yeah, forward. if you feel you need to do a DLC character as a legendary, he definitely is the obvious choice there. Yeah. But. Yeah. But uh, Yuri, uh, underground hero, came from humble origins, and his natural charm, wits, and chivalrous spirit took him to the center stage of Fodlin's underworld. Eventually, he was adopted by a noble family and sent to the Officer's Academy at Garrick Mock Monastery for an education, but after he was embroiled in a scandal, he was forced to live in the Abyss. There, Yuri once again won the hearts of his fellow outcasts and assumed a leader-like role while fighting to defend the powerless. Yuri is a wind-legendary red dagger hero wielding abysmal blade. Some really cool movement and ally support uh, skills here, including foul play, which allows you to swap spots with an ally within three spaces. This is a Yuri exclusive skill, so oh, yeah. it's also it's available on legendary skill. Is it a legendary skill or is it because it's on the other Yuri as well? OK, is it? Yeah, I did look okay. it up because I was like, that sounds like it could have been. That's his class specific skill, I believe, in the game. He's introduces tr- introduced the trickster class which had that skill couldn't recall if he had gotten that or not i thought he just had the can't the canto in as was his didn't recall him having foul play play in his normal version yeah i'm not i'm not actually sure if his um i mean it's the closest to a legendary skill that he has because you know I, unless the, you didn't list it i don't see any other unique skills to him yeah, he, uh, so that's a good point. So the other thing I noted was the attack slash speed Hexblade applies Hexblade to magic allies within two spaces. So a lot of like ally support, but, uh, he does have Kanto too as well, but, uh, that's a good point in terms of his other skills. I was just going to pull those up just in case I miss something, but yeah, like I think his unique skill is def like his probably his legendary skill would be, uh, fetters of of Dromi, maybe like his, which gives him the Canto too. Yep, that would definitely be his legendary skill. Mm-hmm. So it just it seems like he's going to be a very ally support, like which fits his um his character in the game, but also like very mobile. Um, the the Canto two is he can move one extra space, so. Mm-hmm. I know probably at home people who are more skills focused in the game when they hear Canto 2 that might just immediately tell them what that means. But for me my Canto I'm more I'm more like I know more about the ones where it's like hey after attacking you can move again. Is that yeah that's right that's the Canto I'm thinking of. Um but yep. this one gives you an extra movement space at the start of your turn. Uh yes, but it actually hin- indicates um that it uh, ignores that if stall is on them, so you right. can't slow them down any. Yeah, which is another which is yeah nice. very good point. So yeah, it's um it, I mean again like surprises aside as to whether we thought Yuri would be a legendary hero, I, I feel like uh I feel like he's a good candidate. I mean I'm sure there are other 
Well, I guess if you're looking at other three houses legendary heroes, like they did all the lords, so this would be Yep, they did the all fourth. the lords. They did I think both pilots or at least one byleth in legendary. Um I feel like they did both. Yeah, I think they've done both pilots as legendary. So if anything, it's kind of bizarre that they're already bringing another three houses unit to the legendary pool. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I feel like we're about to head into the... Uh, Not sure it horribly surprises me, but they are bringing yet another legendary already to the pool. Yeah, so. I could see Engage taking over a little bit for Three Houses. I don't think Engage is going to eclipse the popularity of Three Houses, just in terms of characters and, and whatnot. But I think we'll see more Engage characters being out of the game and Three Houses yeah, it's, taking it's a bit of a break. It's hard to say what they're going to do Three Houses-wise. Three Houses might continue being as strong, and it's just engage will be fitting in and it'll be longer for other ones or something because they still have all the characters to go through again and i think they even still have some uh academy arc units to release so you know and then they have all their war arc and now that they have three hopes they even have the um three hopes versions to drop so we'll see what they'll be doing in the future but quite a lot to go through and actually, this is the sixth uh, legendary hero for Three Houses because Three Hopes is considered part of Three Houses in the sorting of the game. We, oh yeah, because we had we had Shez. That's a good point. Yep. I was about to ask legendary Shez. So I realized. Okay, cool. Well, um, who do we have in the banner, and when can we expect these folks back in the game? Yes, uh, legendary Sigurd and Embla join Yuri on the red color. Uh, not Harden and Keldori join. Or are on the blue. Uter, Ninian, Legendary Ninian, and Ascended Air are the green color. And Medeus, Asker, and Goto are on the colorless. Uh, they'll be coming back over the next few months, or, well, quite a few months, uh, as Yuri and Asker return in June, Sigurd and Medeus return in July, Ninian and Embla return in August, uh, Oter and Goto return in September. And not returns in November. A couple other legendary units moved when they're next returning, as Reagan went from July to August, and Nana moved up a month from June to May. Very good. Well, no December bookings just yet, but I think we're just a couple of uh, weeks away from, or at least a month away from hearing about those. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a good chance that the April one will give us our first December unit. Well, look forward to uh, feeling like your year is is uh, is quickly <laughs> quickly moving uh, forward when we start talking about December on uh, our our uh, May episode. I suppose we'll say. Yeah, but speaking of quickly moving forward, uh, in true podcast podcast fashion, days after we recorded our last episode, Nintendo announced the release date for the fourth and. Uh, final DLC for the current expansion pass, possibly the last for Engage. Uh, we haven't heard any hints or words of a second expansion pass, but with them coming out so quickly, who knows? Uh, but that is the Fell Xenolog, and will release this week as we record. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, it says April 5th on a bunch of the data I saw. Uh, I don't know if that's Japan release date, and we'll get it a day earlier on the 4th, or... It'll be the 5th here and the 6th over in Japan. Either way, uh, we did find out a bunch more details as it takes place in an alter- alternate version of Elios where the 7 DLC bracelets are the emblems that must be gathered. 
as opposed to the 12 rings. Uh, if I understand you correctly, it seems that Lumera lost a thousand years ago, and the countries are very warlike, trying to also trying to kill the last two living children of the Fell Dragon named Nell and Nil. They are protected by uh, the Four Winds, or Zelestia, Gregory, Madeline, and Mavier, uh, who were essentially alternate versions of the Four Hounds, uh, except by other names, which Mavier keeps his normal name for some reason. Not entirely sure what's going on with that. I don't know if Mavier's evil, where our Mavier's good, or who knows how that works. Uh, Serene's Forest found further details, uh, like that. Uh, further details on it, and like Cinder Chattels, it seems the chapters will have fixed levels and gear, uh, but the bond levels, uh, support, and emblems will be retained from the main game. Uh, one of the other things, it seems that uh, they said it seems to be a portal you find on the Somniel is how you access it. Uh, it might be accessed from the main game, but it wasn't said for sure. Uh, the way it brings over your bond levels and support, it suggests to me that it'll we access in the main game, but it might be like Cinder Shadows, a little uh, main menu option. Uh, but uh, as you go through it, you will unlock two new class options. Uh, I believe it was Mage Cannoneer. These are ones you've bumped into in the um, uh, DLC 3 map and maybe even DLC 2. Uh, what was it? Mage Cannoneer... Yeah, what's the and... other one? I'm looking at it right now, but I don't see the... Oh, Enchanter. Yes, Enchanter, okay. Um, and then... Uh, and you'll also bring over a handful of new characters. I'm guessing Nell, Nil, and the alternate versions of the three hounds that don't join in the main game. The Zelestia, Gregory, Gregory, and Madeline. Uh, won't know, once again, won't know for sure until it actually does come out, but that seems the most likely. Yeah. So uh, I have not picked up the DLC yet. I think it's awesome uh, that all the DLC is out now, like less than three yes. months um, since the since the release of the game. Uh, th- like, I think if Engage was, I-, I think we could see more DLC for Engage, but I could see I could see it being one expansion pass and, and being being done. But it's just so quickly that honestly, that might be catalyst enough for them to do more but yeah, the the only reason i have suspect or wonder if there might be more is because it came out so quickly mm-hmm. i think as we've discussed before that this game was delayed i think it came out so quickly because you know they more or less you know were planning it to come out you know two years ago on the 30th anniversary and it probably would have taken longer but since it got delayed two years or a year and a half or however long they had time to finish it and get the DLC worked out before it came out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm also a little, a little disappointed that the only two characters that they've effectively like added from the trailer is Nell and Nil, like two characters. I, I, you know, seeing them repurpose uh, the four hounds um, as, as allies in this one, I think that's a cool concept. And obviously we haven't played it yet, but the the trailer doesn't give us any hint as to there being other new characters, right? It's just really Nell and Nil. As far as I know, the only characters that we have not met in some form before are Nell and Nil. Yeah. I mean, that is a bit and, disappointing, but 
It's not the end of the world. I can see where you're coming from. Uh, but what would you have wanted? More fell children or something? Because, no. I mean, I guess... I see where you're coming from. And to a degree, Three Houses with Cinder Chow's had reasoning behind where all these characters come from. But the way Engage is set up, it's very hard to explain where other random characters, new characters, would come from. Because mm-hmm. the way they're setting this up, this is an alternate version of the same world we're in. So theoretically, 90% of the people we're meeting are alternate versions of characters we've already met. True. But you know, if the changing event was a thousand years ago, the chances of true. everybody being alive but evil this time is... Um, it's a bit like again look i'm not getting i'm not uh the story is the story reasons or the story setup is fine i like the idea of it being like an alternate version what if type thing and i'm willing to wave away the fact that like and we did we haven't played it yet but based on the trailer it really does portray like your the the bad guys in the main game are the good guys now and the good guys in the main game are the bad guys now i mean mind you that is not you know exactly how the main game goes. There are very clearly bad guys, mm-hmm. uh, of which the four that are allies in in the DLC are the bad guys. But there are there are folks that start off as enemies that become allies. So you know maybe we see that here as well. Like uh, the trailer shows Alfred uh, and um, what's the guy's Manus, name? Yes, they could have tried to create more characters. But I also understand them wanting to minimize the amount of extra work by using these same models. You know? Yeah. You could debate whether or not they should have created more new models, new characters to introduce. Yeah. But. And and this being and not all being said, like I, I think you could you could consider because they aren't new models, but you could consider like the four hounds suddenly being allies and being the four winds, they are going to be completely different characters because Three out of the four of them in the main game are typical Fire Emblem enemies of ha ha ha, we're evil. Movier has a bit of like a, a mysteriousness to him. He's not necessarily as um, insane <laughs> as uh, as the other two, but uh, or the other three. But like they will be different characters in this DLC because they will I mean, be completely Mauvier different. Movier is clearly a noble knight trying to protect Vale. Right. Yeah, and sorry for going into spoilers. We're going to be discussing spoilers up that reveal that to us fully, you know, based on his reactions and behaviors towards Vale and what we're going to be spoiling here in a few minutes. But, you know, so he is not evil in the main game. The others are more, you know, what you call it, uh, mustache-twirling mustache evil. Yes. <laughs> so... I mean, and they have their own little quirks. Exactly. But I think that helps your, your point in that, you know, these characters, while not technically new, are will be new enough in the DLC that there's a there's they may not look different, but they're definitely gonna sound and and uh and feel different as they uh I'm sure their kits are all the same in terms of their weapons and such, but yep. like their personalities are gonna be vastly different. So So would you have preferred a awakening style situation where we get added paralogs 
special paralogs that allowed the evil versions to join us? Or do you prefer this method? Uh... Or would you prefer just never to have these characters as playable? Well, I, look, I, I am a notoriously positive person, so like, I would, I would never wish content to be deleted that we are that we are we are getting. I, I think you know, as much as I've, I don't know, complained the right word, but pointed out that that it, I would have preferred new characters. I'm fine with this. I if we're gonna get the evil characters on our side, I think this is the right way to do it. You know, a what if scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the three houses approach was. It it worked. It worked in the end, and it kind of like fit really well into the main game. But it was also kind of a little laughable as well. It's like, oh, there's this mysterious underground uh, that nobody talks about unless you've paid the thirty dollar DLC. It, otherwise, mm-hmm. it just doesn't exist, right? Um, yeah. So, like, I think this is a this is a, a neat approach of like, let's do a what if, let's do a what if scenario, and um, allow these characters to come into the main game afterwards. And have some fun. Hopefully there will be some interesting dialogue between, you know, the four winds and the four hounds if we replay or play with them accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be it's a neat opportunity, I think. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing because characters like the four hounds are something that Awakening did and but no other Fire Emblem has really done that allows for something that Faye introduced, kind of. Um, Like I said, Awakening sort of did it with its DLC, where you get these really over-the-top and actually interesting evil characters, and then they actually join you, you know? And to be honest, I wouldn't have minded fiddling around and playing with um, the evil people. Uh, You know, forget their names off the top of my head, but like... um, What's her name? The crazy redhead who pretends to be Monica in Three Houses. Would have been interesting to have her as a playable unit on your team. Yeah. But they didn't do that in Three Houses, and they're letting us do that here. Because, I'll be honest, Zephia, uh, I forget what Gregory's alternate version and Madeline's alternate version are characters that would be interesting to play around with, and we're getting to do that. You know, I'll admit, Madeline is the most planned because she's just a general same class that we've already had but it'll be interesting to fiddle around with that character model and see what that char- you know character's stats can do because like you said they are probably going to be similar you know altered stat blocks to what you encounter in the main game yeah i i think so. the the argument for awakening was like those those bad guys that you recruited through the paralogs which were uh which were free DLC um they those are characters that that fall off um in the story like they are their story is resolved and they either mysteriously die or disappear and then they pop back up right and we don't have that with the four hounds just yet from what i've played where i am uh, a couple of them have fallen off okay so it does eventually happen in there so you know Okay, well then there yeah, you go. I, I Maybe can't it... say any more because that would be spoilers. <laughs> no, 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 and I, and that's fine for sure. Um, yeah. So, well, there you go. I think uh, I I look. I bounce back and forth between whether I'm whether I'm going to pick up the DLC now while I'm playing while I'm actively playing the game. I think that's the best way to do it because I honestly am really enjoying it. Uh, okay. 
but I feel like if I wait any longer, I, I probably won't pick it up. I, I want to. I really do. I just, I haven't been able to, uh, to do it. Here's your best chance because it'll all be there, but. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I agree. And I think, like, now that we're in a routine of, like, setting some spoiler discussions and, and talking, like, you know, four or five chapter chunks and we can start looking at the DLC, I think, uh, I think it might be time. You know, I am enjoying my time with it. And, um, I've said that every episode that deal, like every episode we do talk about DLC because it seems to <laughs> every other episode or so we, we have new DLC to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's time. I did say I would do it once, once we had, uh, once we had all the DLC out. So I think it's time. Um, but Eddie, we've got, uh, some spoilers to talk about. We did hint at this yes. earlier a couple times. Um, I didn't quite make it to our goal of chapter 2021. Um, oh, it's actually 2122 because uh, that is another double chapter. Ah, okay. Um, so I didn't even make it as, so I didn't make it that far, yeah. but I, um, we decided to sort of end around uh, through chapter 17, which is, there is a moment uh, there that, uh, that we'll discuss. But uh, anyways, spoiler start now. Sorry for the minor spoilers we did earlier, but yes, full spoilers are starting now. All right. Um, so where we left off, we were running away from uh, uh, Vale. vale. And uh, Ivy joined us, bringing yeah. us the Time Crystal and uh, the Lynn and Lucina rings, which we had not had before we started the chapters with Vale. Right. Uh, we continue on into Solm and meet Fogato who turns out to be the prince. He just introduced him as a sentinel, which is a national guard or whatever, more or less, and his retainers. Uh, we then continue on to the castle and uh, are introduced to his mother, the current queen of Solm, of the queendom, uh, who sends us off to get the Ike Ring, which is with Tamara, the princess and future leader of Solm. Uh, where we meet her in another um, Fog of War map. Oh, so fun. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Always fun. Fog of War map. Meet up with her and do a Fog of War map with her and get the Ike Ring. Uh, we then uh, find out that Hortensia has invaded the capital of Solm. Uh, I can't remember the exact order. It might have been that we... Um, no, I think we uh, deal with Hortensia and with Ivy's help convince Hortensia to join us. Uh believe Zephia shows up and is, you know, cackling, mustache-twirling evil, but I can't recall 100% for sure. Uh, and that might be the final push that gets Hortensia to join us. Uh, we then uh, find out that Solm is the other country that had a second ring. Uh, we go to a, the ruins where the ring is held and meet Seedal, our dancer for the game, as well as the Corrin ring. Uh, after finishing that, we find out that Illusia uh, is on its way to invade Fyrenae. Uh So we start heading across the south half of the map uh, towards that. And along the way, uh, Hortensia's retainers escape with the Erica ring, and we meet up with them and fight Mavier and... Uh, what's her name? Madeline in the new version, but I can't think of her name in the original version. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, oh well, yeah. What's uh, let's see, Marnie. Marnie. 
Yeah, I was just about to yes. say Marnie. Sephia Gris and Marnie are the evil versions. Yeah, Marnie. Um, it's been a while since I've been encountering them because I've been grinding skirmishes when I've been playing. But um, yes, once again, fight Marie and Marnie because those two seem to fight together quite a lot. And um, uh, that after that, uh, we you know reach the port of the Flora Port, where we have to fight all six of them, which is. Zephia, Vale, Mar- Marnie, Marvie- Mavier, Gris, and uh, Fallen or evil version of Corrupted Hyacinth. That's it. Corrupted yeah. Hyacinth. Yeah. That, uh, so, you know, we lose all of our emblems. We slowly build yes. up new emblems um, leading to this final battle we're going to talk about tonight. But it's a 66 um, battle. Yeah. And then, you, and, then, and then it goes back to we have even... Six emblems versus six emblems in that final battle. Though. Although for me it was uh, nine versus six, I think, or maybe True. it was only seven because I had Tiki in. Uh, what you want? The first round of ra- oh, uh, the, uh, three houses. Yep. Yeah, Tiki Lords. and Edelgard. Um, I you know you meet you meet a lot of new characters, so you know all of the new recruits uh, throughout this chunk of the game. Like it was an interesting. It was a very much very interesting look at like more more characters outside of like the first half of the game. Like you're you're meeting characters yep. from realms that you've just or, or countries that haven't really been introduced a lot. Like you know, uh, like you said, Psalm. Yeah. You know the desert area. Very cool. Uh, very cool characters that get introduced there, and uh, the dancer character who is voiced by. Um, one of the actors from you have a lot of overlap with uh, Tales of Arise, which I played a bunch of, uh, with Jade being voiced by, um, funny enough, the same like armored unit from Tales of Arise. And then the dancer is, um, I can't remember their names in Tales of Arise, so I apologize to, uh, I'm trying to find their, try to find their character names, but like the, the dancer is voiced by the same, same guy, uh, who voices one of the main characters uh in law i think no not, not law doholim there it is doholim voices the same character or this voices the dancer in uh engage and kisara okay. voices uh jade which is also an armored shield unit uh in fire Emblem, which i thought was a really cool overlap yeah. i'm not sure it was an intentional overlap no. they just picked those characters but it is funny that they are more or less voicing the same characters yeah it's cool. I, I I really appreciated that. Like it's been nice to to have those characters, and they've they've kind of made their way into my normal rotation. Um, although I did like the introduction of when we picked up Ike as an emblem, and then um, and then having him paired with the with the character, which I I reminded of you of who it was at the beginning of this show, and now I've forgotten the character's name. Uh, Tamara, Tamara, was that right? Is that her name? Yes. Yeah. So she's Tamara's... really cool. Uh, and uh, and her and Ike. Although Ike, I've kind of moved over to um, the. Gosh, there's so many characters in this game, but I've moved him moved him over to Jade. But before that, I had I had him on the other Axe user. Which I mean, Opera. If he's listening, he's gonna be very upset with me that I can't remember her name. The 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 other Berserker with the giant axe. What's her name? I can't remember. She she popped up in that area too. But uh. Panette? Yes, Panette. Uh, one with the day and dead, day of the dead mask yeah. outfit. Yes. Design. So I Ike Ike I've kind of moved around a bit 
and funny enough, focused on axe characters, even though he is primarily a... No, he, he has a hammer, although he has a sword in his character, so another weird disconnect yeah, there. He but... starts... I mean, I guess they didn't want every character to have exact same weapon, because as we have often found, <laughs> um, Fire Emblem has a lot of lords with swords. Lords with swords, yes. Uh, so I've heard that they one usually before. get all their main weapons, more or less. Uh, and Ike does eventually get Ragnell, but it's a locked behind a later unlock, a higher bond level. Right. So. Yeah. How far? So how far do the bond levels go? Because I've I've started to unlock a second weapon for each character. So essentially, when you first get the uh, rings, they only go up to ten. Uh, after at at this point, you should start getting uh, paralogs for each emblem. Uh, you actually should have a paralog over in Brodia and one over in Fierne for Lynn and Lucina. Well, actually, at this point, you should have paralogs for all of them that unlock the full, you know, full bond level, which is up to level twenty. And I believe you get three weapons per character with. Maybe some subtle changes or some other options. Some other people having an extra one. But at bond level ten, you get a second weapon. Weapon, and at bond level, um, what you call it? At bond level fifteen, you get a third weapon usually. Right. So I haven't done a lot of the parallel. I think I've only done Lin's paralog, and I found it to be a little difficult. So I kind of held off. Although I should be able to go back now. I have a lot of advanced. Uh, classed characters now so I should be good so I, I should do that um, I've kind of just been trying to mainline the story for for these spoiler chats but um, you know the the I, if we want to jump to the last chapter which is like the big milestone moment that we kind of aimed for I, I did I have so played a little bit be, further before we do that I thought I would note sure. something yes uh, your comment about how um, the voice of Kisara and Dohalim from the English version of uh, Tales of Arise are in here. Yeah. I will note that the voice of Ale was the voice of Hoodle in Tales of Arise. <laughs> yes. So. Really? Okay. Um, wow. Well. Megan Taylor Harvey voiced Hoodle in Tales of Arise, apparently. Well, I have not. I mean, someone go out there and clip Vale, you know, the start of a sentence where she says who and then put it next to Hoodle, who goes who, who. Uh, and then we'll know. That was a weird little funny thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, but speaking of Vale, <laughs> that big twist that we well, quote unquote twist, it was kind of very obviously in my mind, at least foreshadowed. Uh, we find out that. Um, at the beginning of chapter 17, when we're meeting up with them, that Vale is essentially the kind girl that we've met before, but Zephia is mind-controlling her, bringing out the fell dragon side of her, who is the evil ver version that attacked us in chapter 10 and 11. Uh, but she can't control it for long, so she quote-unquote goes to sleep, and the... Blue, essentially red-eyed and purple-eyed veil. Uh, purple-eyed veil is a good one. Red-eyed is evil. And at the very end of this chapter, um, we, when we defeat Corrupted Hyacinth, we get the Roy Ring off of him. And Corrupted Veil goes to sleep without the others noticing. And Purple-eyed veil throws us the Sigurd Ring. 
Right. Yeah. And um, it's weird. The, the game plays up the moment, the reveal, as this like big, huge deal. And uh, like, I mean, if you were paying attention, the times you met Vale when she was away from her, when she might have been tricking you, but she just behaved so differently that you know, especially after we saw her again post chapter eleven. I think it's chapter twelve or thirteen. We see her wandering around in the desert of Solm and not knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. So that's where I say they definitely revealed it, that they were actually two different personalities. Yeah. But. Yeah. And as the player, we know that. But I don't I think like the our allies very much see it as a trick. But as a player, we're given more information yeah. that the, 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 that our characters True. aren't the characters and the allies. Yeah. Um, like in chapter I don't remember. It's chapter 12 or 13. Um, vale comes to Alir again and having been betrayed by her and not realizing they're different versions, Alir is very mean to her because she thinks that Vale is just trying to play a trick on her. I think that's, if you didn't catch the hints earlier, that's where it's like, there's something weird going on here for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, I get why, now that I talk through it, I think I get why the game plays it up as more of a shock because our, our characters are learning this confirmation. Yeah. But as players, like, we, we've seen it coming, and we know it, we know it's been coming because we've we've seen the, the very strong hints given to us. But um, yeah. I, I, like, I like the fact that Vale proves to our heroes that she is there is a good side to her by, like you said, you know, handing over one of the emblem rings. Now I'll admit that I'm not sure that proof was needed per se, because right. at the start of that chapter, we saw Zephia mind control veil. Yes. So we kind of realized, Oh, there actually are two different personalities there. Yeah. But so. I like that they, and I know we, I know they need to give us like story reasons for us to get the emblems back slowly piece by piece. And I, and I did mm-hmm. like the idea of getting two of those emblems back, one from Corrupted Hyacinth and another from Vale throwing it over to us. I thought yep. that was very well done. I assume that the other emblems we'll get down the road will be sort of drip-fed. Uh, I, I highly doubt we're going to go... It'll be interesting, actually, to see how they... Like, my prediction, and you don't have to say yay or nay, but my prediction is, like, we'll get 11 of them, and then we'll get one last one right before the final boss you know because i I don't think they're gonna we're gonna have all 12 going into the last few chapters i would assume i have not finished it yet but i don't know maybe maybe my assumptions will be will be thwarted who knows but next time we will be uh doing if ryan gets there spoiler chat through 21 22 and i'll probably give a quick overview of the dlc and if ryan gets it in place through it um he will uh give his thoughts on it as well uh, for the Fel Xenolog DLC, at least. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am thinking I should pick up the DLC. So I, I I don't know if I'll actually play the Xenolog right away, but I might jump into it if it's yep. easy to jump in and out of. But I mean, I'm not quite done. I'm past chapter twenty one, twenty two. I might even actually be at chapter twenty, end of chapter twenty two, uh, early chapter twenty three. I've been grinding up skirmishes, but I'm probably going to hop into Xenolog so I can have those extra characters in the last few chapters, if I can. Cool. So well, it works out. Yeah, let's definitely do that. I'll keep playing along and we will definitely talk about uh, 
chapter 2122 and uh eddie will check in on that dlc and hopefully i will have convinced myself by then to uh to pick it up i know what's going to happen the second i pick up this expansion pass they will release a trailer for uh wave four of xenoblade chronicles 3 <laughs> uh that dlc and then i'll be like oh man okay it's a lot of dlc that's expensive but um yeah. I mean, didn't they really give a release date for that or a rough oh, release know. date of like may or something i thought oh, now that you say that maybe you're right uh i remember there was a trailer yeah i remember there was a trailer maybe they didn't give an actual date but it was a very like teaser type trailer it was not like an official trailer it was more of like a, a teaser but now i'm trying to pull it up uh but it just says later this year so okay it, it it's similar to you know fire emblem engage where it's like hey do buy x date and in the case of engage they they really like they got it out way earlier than december 31st 2023 but um i don't like this one i don't think we're waiting nine nine months or whatever to get it so uh we'll see we'll see um a lot of people might thank me for buying it and then having the trailer (laughs) confirm a release date i mean although i admit if you buy it and they release trailer for xenoblade chronicles 3's final dlc you'll have at least a month yeah i'll have time it's not like they're gonna shadow drop it right so watch them shadow drop it oh same day Okay, well, you know what? Before I uh, spend any more money, let's end the show here. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for more Fire Emblem content from us, go to gamersinpodcast.com slash Uh Jump into our Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Uh, be sure to check out streamsforce.net. Had a really good breakdown of that trailer for the uh, Fell Xenolog. So check that out. We'll have links in the show notes. And um, also head over to gamepress.gg slash FE Heroes, where they have uh, they continue to add uh, heroes to their database. So that is that is still being done. Have they actually done that? Uh, yes, they have, because I, I didn't put the link for Yuri in our notes, but I did... Uh, I did see that they added Yuri. So they're keeping on top okay. of it. Did they eventually add um, Tana in them? Because I remember last week they hadn't added Tana. So That was a glitch on... on or a, uh, I don't know if you call it a glitch. Just but a like, delay? A, a bit of a delay. I think up. even Serene's Forest uh, had noted they, they had a bit of a delay there. But it's, it's all there. Go check it out. Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great couple weeks and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.